Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Here we go. Let's start the show. Love. Hate. Men. Women. Community. People. (laughs) Music. Me. (laughs) I know it's going to say I'm retarded at the end. Go ahead. (laughs) Church. Sex. Memories. <laughs> Javon, you up. <laughs> All right. Lyrics. Oh, work. <laughs> Musical. Genius. Billy Holiday. My mama. <laughs> Money. Tragedy. Shaka Khan. Girlfriend. Personality. Ugh. People don't have it. But we try. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, this is Mickey Howard, and you're in the basement with Jovan and Therese. Hi, this is Mason. You're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Perfect. Hey, this is Leon. This might be on for some of your favorite movies, and I'm at brunch in the basement with uh, Therese and Javon. <laughs> stay here, stay here with me. Stay here, stay here with me. Stay here, stay here with me. Still in the basement, no longer alone With my homegirl Therese on the microphone Music politics are just chatting it up Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up You never know who might run through Legendary artist or someone brand new You miss a lot when you miss one day At least that's what I heard somebody say But it doesn't really matter what whoever says It's always a good show with your fun and Therese, yeah, brunch in the basement, with your fun and Therese, yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head, I already know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but, you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway. <laughs> no, she doesn't, she's just. She wasn't even there, actually. But anyway, all our bosses, though, Jay. I'm gonna send y'all some. I'm gonna send y'all some. You can send me some cologne. 
because I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> just in case I should be Shaka Khan, I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, Doki, man, whatever you say. What's up? So and we thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just gonna keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, I'm just teasing. Everybody, so glad you're here. All the people in the front, the people in the rear. Okay, I'm sorry, I just had to go there. Good morning, happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday to you. So, I'm gonna let y'all know up front that we need to keep our sister Therese in prayer. She is not with us today, um, but hopefully, she will be back Wednesday evening. So, I don't, you know. Pretend that Rezzy's coming, although she's always with me in spirit. So I just had to say that. Um, but Pop is here, and I'm here. And hopefully we'll play some music until a very special person, dear friend of mine, and my pastor is supposed to be stopping by at about noon. So up until that point, it's just us, and and you can call in, and please do, please do call in so we could chit-chat a little bit. The number to call in is 347-996-5394. Press 1 or whatever, and I'll know you want to, you know, chit-chat with me. Um, and, you know, we'll make it do what it do. And as Pop says... Uh, just remember this, the views, information, or opinions expressed during Brunch in the Basement series are solely those of the individual involved and do not necessarily represent those of WJBR Internet Radio. I just also want to put it out there, and, I, you know, I want to ask that everybody please um Either go to Blog Talk Radio or your favorite podcasting listening device. We have 49,000 and like 12 all-time listens. So it would be really, really cool to bring that up to 50,000. So we need about 1,000 more listens to get us over that hump. So you can go to Blog Talk Radio, you can go to iTunes, you can go here, you can go there, you can go anywhere. We are close to 50,000 listens. And for me, personally, it would mean so much if we could get it over that hump. Now, last week, not last week, last the last show, which was um, Wednesday, I was trying to <laughs> show you all this this. Um, Ah, rapid fire that I had done for uh, Joy Cardwell. And somewhere along the line, I fudged it up, you know, because I was doing too much. 
I was doing too much. So this time I am prepared. And absolutely. Ooh, Pop, wait a minute. Wait, hold on an entire 60 seconds. What is this picture? <gasps> Ooh, he's so suave. No, for real. Look at that, y'all. I'm about to make my screen bigger just just so I could. What is this picture? He's so cute. He's so handsome. He's so sexy. You sexy motherfucker. Yeah, I said it. I did. Good morning, Miss DJ. How you doing, darling? So make sure you all tell a friend about Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Um, We are close to 50,000 listens on the podcasting piece. And um, we spread out a little bit, so it should be easier to find us under WJBR Internet Radio, all on your podcasting stations. I'm just saying, Pop, Pop is getting ready for his zaddy day. I'm, what? Huh. Just as handsome, just as handsome as he want to be. So, anywho, um, yeah, so I have a special – I'm so happy that I did this, thought about this um, earlier this morning and didn't wait until the show started to start doing the shit because, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that's slow in the brain in the morning and then it starts to – around 11.30 is the sweet spot maybe. Oh, that's why this, well, this picture is just beautiful, darling, just handsome, just suave, 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 okay, with an, you know, with an accent, we have to make it even more fancy, because you look so delicious, darling, okay, let them know that I said so, okay, on the radio, that's right. Because you're so handsome. Okay, so moving away from this. Look at this picture. I should just fucking leave it there. So fucking cute. Cute! Mm, if you were here, you know what I'd do? You know what I'd do to you, Pop? You want to know? Anybody else want to know? i just... just Okay. <laughs> ah, yo, 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 yo. You know what? I love this dude. I don't know that you all know that. And it could be just the Leo in him. I don't know what it is. You know, Leos are the king of the jungle, and they move like cats in certain ways. And, um, you know, my again, my father was a Leo, and so I just, I guess I'm just kind of drawn that way. So anyway, <laughs> let me just move on before Pop shuts the show down how about we do our black history moment up front get that let's get that done right yeah Black history moment of today. Yes. This is a man named Dr. Ralph Bunch. 
a man who can be described as a peacemaker, Nobel Peace Prize recipient, Dr. Ralph Johnson Bunch, was born on August 7th, another Leo, of 1904 in Detroit, Michigan. Bunch was a diplomat and political scientist who is remembered internationally for his work as the chief mediator for the United Nations during the Arab-Israeli conflict, in which he received the Nobel Peace Prize on December 10, 1950, for the 1949 Armistice Agreement. He is the first black person to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. Bunch was also involved as a mediator in other major conflicts around the world. In 1968, he became the United Nations Under Secretary General. President John F. Kennedy awarded Bunch with the nation's highest civilian award, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, in 1963. Earlier in life, Bunch received his undergraduate degree from UCLA by graduating some cum laude and class valedictorian, valedictorian excuse me, in 1927. He earned his master's in, ni- in 1934 from Harvard in political science. He was the first African-American to receive his doctorate in political science. He later did postgraduate anthropological work at the London School of Economics and the University of Cape Town. Before completing his graduate degree from Harvard, Bunch started teaching political science at Howard University, where he served as chair of the Department of Political Science from 1928 until 1950. Bunch was active in civil rights and served for over 20 years on the NAACP board. He and his wife, the former Ruth Harris, had three children, Joan Harris Bunch, Jane Johnson Bunch, and Ralph J. Bunch, Jr. Bunch died on December 9, 1971, in New York City at age 68. And this has been our Black History Moment. I'm telling you, Miss a show, miss a lot. And Pop wants you to know that if anyone wants to run into him tomorrow at the Dominican Day Parade on 6th Avenue and 42nd Street, bring flowers, okay? Bring money. You can bring cash. But more than anything, bring your love and give Pop much love, much, much love, okay? Be on your most ratchet behavior this weekend. He said if anybody wants to run into him, <laughs> you take that as as it comes, darling. Run into him ah, for his birthday. <laughs> I love you too, but nothing but love for you, baby. So, yeah, we, you know, there's so much history that we should know. You know, like, just know if somebody says, who's Dr. Bunch? Oh, Nobel Peace Prize winning Dr. Bunch. We should just know these things, you know, like, 
but they don't teach us, and we have to educate ourselves. And so here we do the best we can so that we can expand, so that we can expand. So now, other thing I wanted to do is um, play my most recent rapid fire. See who we got today. Mm-hmm. How it works is that I'll say a word and you say the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> I'll do five words. I'll do five words and then Devon will do five words. But don't be scared. We got you. Okay, okay. I am reserved. Just whatever. There's no wrong answer. So no, there's, yeah, there's no wrong answers, and it's just to give people a peek behind the veil, like what's going on in your head. Okay. Okay. Love. Jesus. Music. Black people. Power. Community. Family. God. Everything. Mm. Thank you. Javon, you're up next. See, that was easy, right? <laughs> that was easy. That was easy. <laughs> Children. Disco tech. Favorite spot. Fantasy. Island. Club. Dancing. Voting. Must. All right. Well, thank you very much. Hi, this is Ann Nesby, and you're in the basement with Javon and Jeray. That is wonderful. And I just love you. I love you all for your platform. I love you for your hearts. And all those listening, I just want to tell you thank you for how you've supported us and you kept us in mind over the years. And God bless you. And stay whole, be well, and trust God. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm. I love you all so much. Please love stay God. safe. All right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yes, Miss Ann. You know what? As I was going through that video to see, you know, how we what I wanted to throw on there, she was throw she was dropping so many jewels that day. So definitely if you have an opportunity to look back at that show, um, when Ann Nesby was on, I'm gonna be editing it down by the end of today as more so and and put it up there. Um also, if you look at our YouTube page, I have singled it out so that the rapid fire pieces are easy to find 
in alphabetical order by first name and um uh the the videos that I've been able to so far edit down to just the interviews those also are under just interview <laughs> alphabetically see how simple that is and um yeah is what over sweetheart I don't I don't know what you're talking about but it's not over um Therese is not here. I'll say that. But I'll say that um, she's not here on the show. She's here, but she's not here on the show. Um, She will be back hopefully next week. And then um, Therese can tell y'all for herself where she been. Where you doing? Where you at? You got plans. Don't say that. Now, speaking of music, no, no, the show is not over, honey. I was just playing a little um, rapid fire. So speaking of music, there's two songs that I would like for you to listen to and let me know what you think. So this is like, for me, a make it or break it type thing. So what you doing and where you at? You got plans. Don't say that. There you go. All right. So first song is by actually Tito Jackson. He's got a new joint out, and I'm going to play it right here, and you let me know if this is a make it or break it. Another, 
you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I will make a rap and stick it in the middle and send it to Tito and say, this is what you need, bruh. Or Queen Latifah could do it. Probably would make more money and get a lot more attention than if I did it. That's true. This is true. This is true. Yes, she did the alphabet song on Sesame Street, and it it was dope. Well, David would definitely embody the track. You bring a little something else to the track. Yeah, something else, all right. There's <laughs> something else. So here is a remake, and just so y'all know, so I want y'all to keep your fingers crossed on this one. Um, first of all, this song is um, a remake by one of not only one of my favorite singers, and this is one of my favorite songs, but. The original is by one of my favorite people who I've been talking to to get her on this show and to get her back on the show. She was on the podcast times um, previously, and she just hasn't been on this live stream situation. So um, just think Evelyn Champagne King. (laughs) She and I have been going back and forth, so we're trying to get her, um, get a time when she can come back on the show. Um, yeah, just a little cray cray, but yeah, so keep your fingers crossed. We, we're working on that. And, um, here is Sierra with Love Come Down. I hope I'm pronouncing the young lady's name correctly. Uh, yeah, so make it or break it. Let me know what y'all think. I'm loving that beat though. 
Yeah, I like the beat. And uh, you know what? The the auto-tune, the obvious auto-tune, without it, you know, I, mm, yeah. I, you know what? Sometimes I, I feel like, and, and I don't think it would be, honestly, I don't think it would be too difficult to get this young lady on the show. I, but my thing, and this is where I, I have to, I have to work on this. You know, I, I would want to have her explain the auto tune. Like, why is it that you can't, you know, like? <laughs> I just, I just, I mean, I don't know. Like, it just seems like, like. This is this is a song I would definitely play at a party. You know, it's danceable. Let's let's put it like that. The beat is fat. But I could I could I could like You know, I don't know if um she's got publishing on this because I don't she was like actually like 15 when this song came out 14 or 15 when she sang this song um she didn't write it <laughs> really pop is that <laughs> but he's too cute <laughs> Yo, Pop, you got me losing it here. Yo. Who wrote Love Come Down originally? You know what? I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but whoever it was was a brother. Um, I love the story. Um, she She said that she was, her dad, her father used to work at a recording studio. Um, he would do... Yeah, exactly, with that voice. Can you imagine? Um, he he worked at a recording studio, like, as maintenance, and one day she had to go in for him, and she was in the bathroom mopping and whatever, and she started just singing, um, A Change Is Gonna Come. And they heard her, whoever the, the producers who owned the studio or whatever, they heard her. And they was like, well, who is that? And they went and they saw this little girl. Thank you. And um, they had her sing it one one shot and um, she sang it. I mean, she tells the story better because, uh, you know, it's her it's her story. But and, and let me just tell you another thing. You know, in terms of getting our listenership up, the old blog talk radio um, recordings, look back at some of those shows. If you drive in or something like that, um, subscribe to that and listen to some of the old shows. That Evelyn Champagne King interview was freaking amazing. Okay, I'm going to tell you like this. We laughed because she's funny, and she has a very bubbly um, personality. And as a matter of fact, that's one of her nicknames, Bubbles. I'm I'm telling it. 
Um, and we laughed. We cried on the show. Um, she sang just, she sang um, A Change Is Gonna Come, and you know that voice. Um, we had a great time. We had a great time. Um, that, um, yeah. So if you have an opportunity, listen back to some of the older um, shows. When you're doing dishes or, you know, cleaning the house, listen to some of the old shows on Blog Talk Radio or your other podcasting. Because remember, we want to get that up to 50,000. We're at 49,000 all-time listens on the podcast. It would be so groovy um, to be able to to say that uh, you all listened 50,000 times. Be so cool. It's a nice round number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, let me see. I think what I want to do now is play a little music. Can we, can we have a, a music moment? Is that good, Pop? Anybody cleaning up today? Need a little something upbeat? Feel like. I'm a 
My pastor, the elder. What up, Jay Strong? Kevin E. Taylor. Look, that's fresh Saturday morning sweat. I only came out from outside for you. I, I, I five I, miles in this morning. Look, you got the you you got the house T-shirt on, ready for the house music or what? I'm just saying. Kevin E. Taylor in the hands. Sit down. 
Yes. So Therese took today off, and so self care. You know that's wellness. So you know what? Let's talk a little bit about the wellness. Okay. How's that going? What's going on with that? So the brilliant Crystal Atmosphere, who many people in the New Jersey area know, is an amazing singer. But when 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 the pandemic kicked in, you know, she was really missing and hearing from people that they were yearning for connectedness. And so one day she, on a Monday morning, she opened up her camera, opened up her, uh, her, her playlist, and opened up her heart and started to really engage people with sipping and saying something warm in the morning. And so that, you know, that was a Monday ritual that we all just got really used to. And then uh, there was some meditation got added um, by her partner at the time, Kira. And then, um, so we had Monday and Wednesday, and then later on somebody came in, uh, 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 Etta Francois Smith came in to do self-care and sexy with, with her juicing, and then uh, Latrice Greer out of Florida started, you know, uh, make some time on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoons to do better meal options, and they put me in, because Crystal and I are friends, I'm a pastor, family, and I, don't, and I live in the wellness, they're downstairs, I'm upstairs, and so I started doing Thoughtful Thursdays, and it just became this opportunity to engage and engage and engage. And it became, and I really want you to have Crystal on because y'all, y'all just have such great energy. But the wellness made my life. You know, I don't know what I, what, how I would have made it through the, through the pandemic because I think often when there are people who do stuff in front of people, people assume that we're extroverted. I'm an introvert called to an extroverted assignment. I feel you on that. I, feel I don't know you. what would have happened if I would have been allowed to, to, to languish in my insideness, you know. Without you know Crystal saying I, I need you and pulling me back into you know back in Grandma and used to say back into creation. So mm-hmm. well, and then you know uh, which, what started out as um, a Saturday morning exercise in 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 literal manifestation of wellness wellnessing, we started to walk in Branchwood Park and on Saturday mornings and you know a good visit to my doctor showed that you know COVID had taken everything up weight blood pressure I've never had a blood pressure issue. You know, sugar, glucose. I was like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. And so, what was happening every Saturday now for me became every day. Mm. Every morning at six thirty, I'm back in the house by eight, having pulled off like four and a half miles. Shower, wow. get, the, get get you know, get get dressed and get to work. So. so, so when you started walking, and congratulations, that's amazing. When you started walking, how far were you walking? I know you didn't start with four miles. So when we started walking. Our first intention was to just to get around the walking path on a Saturday morning, um, uh, which is two point two five miles. And so you know we wanted to do it, and we were doing it, and no matter what, we wanted to be consistent about it. You know what I mean? It's like get up, get to it, get up, get to it. And I think what happened for me personally is um, something happened, and somebody who was assigned to go live couldn't. You know what I mean? Some you know just because it was COVID stuff was happening, and so I. Uh, at the time, said, "Well, I'm out here. I'm, I, people are have, have the expectation of us showing up at the time. I had the time available. I wasn't trying to take over what they were doing. I.e., not trying to make smoothies, not trying to cook. You know. So I was like, I'm out here walking. Let's just empower while we walk. And so I got in a Tuesday spot, or I got in, you know, got up early on a Thursday and did Thursday morning because I was out walking. And so Saturday became Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then." You know, it, it, then it was, oh, I feel great. I'm, I, I go home. I'm just going home to 
watch something that's already on YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. So, you know what I mean? And I had to get out of that. Like, I needed to rewatch something. Like, you know, Scandal has pulled me back in two or three times over yes. the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? I'm yes. like, you know what's going to happen? Why yes. watch it? So, shifting the priority of even if I go back in and write and watch something, I should be my number one priority. So, let's just do it again. So, um, if you were in the park, it's kind of got points where you can go uh, around, and then there's a midway point, and then there's another point, and another point where you can cross over instead of going. And so it was around once, and then back around a half time, around once, and then back around two thirds, around once, back, back around three fourths. Then, then this morning, we did it twice, which is 4.5 miles, and then we just did some cardio in the parking lot. So wow. we got in five miles this morning. So, so what have the benefits been to you? So, according to my doctor, my... Uh, your my, doctor, your spirit, everything. So, according to my... So, first and foremost, for my spirit, what the wellness has done, it just really lifted me, you know? Uh, um, again, grabbing, that, grabbing that, that, that introvert and pulling me outside and reminding me how much I love to walk, reminding me how much clear air can do for your head, you know, allowing me to, to remember... That even though I'm introverted, I'm very much a people person. So, mm-hmm, you know, when you walk around me and crystal atmosphere and Tracy Africa, our, you know, uh, my daughter, Freddie, uh, our friend, Tanya, and we would just be going around. And then, you know, it becomes a good morning to people. Good morning. Good morning. Because you see them every day. And then me, I'm a mama. So I need to know people's name if I've seen them too many times and speak to them every day. You know what I mean? Baby, what's your name? What's your name? You know what I mean? And so it's been that, that beautiful social engagement which I think is the main thing that so many of us are missing, you know. And then um, getting to the doctor uh, and getting, you know, when I got deliberate and determined about it every day, and in a matter of a month and a half, you know, having all of my numbers be down, you know, bad, bad cholesterol, blood pressure, you know, uh, uh, and all the numbers. But then just the other day, I think when I, I think at my heaviest, I was trying to stay off 300. I was like, I can't. I mean, I'm 6'2". I, you know, people like, I never, I could never tell. I was like, but I, you know, my, the scale can't. I was like, I'm just trying to stave it off. And then it was like to watch it move back through the 290s, through the 280s, through the 270s. And I got on the scale yesterday and it said 269. I was like, oh, okay. Ooh, praise okay. God. Okay, there you okay, go. okay. There you I go. see what you're doing there, summer of 2021. I see it. Yes. So, and you look fabulous. You I look fabulous. I feel it, strong I feel it. It's you, like. Yeah. yeah. I put on a shirt the other day that I kept because I liked the pattern, but when I bought it, I bought it. It was literally too small. I was going to give it the pastor journey to just cut up and put in another something, you know, in, in the lining of a, of a messenger bag she was going to make. I said, let's try this shirt on again because I like the pattern. And so I put it in the stick to go bag. And that large shirt buttoned up, and I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. That's something. Don't give up. Keep going. That's Don't give amazing. Up, keep going. Keep going. Keep going, and and that that therein lies the message. Yes, I'm 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 I have my water, and you know, with a bottle. Actually, not that I'm advertising for anybody, but I find that these bottles that actually this one has. Oh, the one that tells you you should be here. Yeah, get don't. started. You know, remember, and then for each hour, which I'm behind, but I've been able to to fill this up twice. You know, and I'm just starting. I'm just starting exactly. to try to get yeah. myself together, you know, because one thing I don't want is, is to get to be sick without trying not to be sick because we have that. a choice. 
We have a choice, you know, like, and you know, I, I, I reside with a yoga diva. So how can I sit here and allow myself to go to waste and, and watch her stay fit and trim? Thank you, King Ulysses. I see that message. I feel great. I thank you. As you can see, the look great, but I feel great. Yes. And, you know, and one of the things, and, and you know, uh, um, so part of what happened in the, in, the, in, the, in the pandemic is I discovered this water that was both alkaline water and had electrolytes in it. So that's good for somebody who sweats like I do. But then uh, the spot I used to go to, because at the Dollar Tree, the guy was like, oh, yeah, I used to drink that all the time. But then I found this spot on uh, in Belleville where you can get the five gallons and it'll be it's electric, it's alkaline water. And I was like, wait, what? And so I still have some of these that I keep in the refrigerator so that I can keep them uh, uh, cool after a walk. But, you know, my whole, my, my dispenser, you know, this dispenser, alkaline water. So it's all of that. It's, it's, it's slowing down. It's having friends who, who care about you and come and get you outside of your stuff. It's um, being being mindful of uh, you, 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 so between so each of us in the wellness now has our own model crystal had you know so the overarching is wellness works right um uh uh, uh has self-care is sexy latrice has uh, make some time you know but time felt like the the like the seasoning mine is support is a verb and the overall you know and then on saturdays we do our wellness hashtag wellness walk so it's just a thing of just kind of all of that noise is you're gonna have the ping of the noises, you know, that 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 disturb your peace. And you can create peace with them as well. So ping, make sure you walk, ping, make sure you have some water, ping. You know, somebody says something about some stuff they put in their water that makes it not so mad. You know, but I think crystal light is, is the same thing, you know. I drink two, you know, three or four of these a day, and one of them is full of crystal light. So that it it it, it, it feeds that Jones of sweet but it's sugar free so it doesn't make anything peak and all of the all the bells and whistles that needed some sort of reward for all of this and some sort of sweet got it and it didn't cost me a, a calorie right so so it sounds like you've also changed the way you eat you're eating so here's here's what's crazy jay jay strong how about this when i when of all of the things that the doctor said that that shook me she told me that I was diabetic, and I was like, I'm not that person. I'm not, you know, oh, sweet cakes and da 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 da. She's like, well, this is unusual. So tell me what's going on in your diet. And I probably could eat ten pieces of fruit in a day. I'll do like a half a chicken and grab two apples, you know, and, some, and a bottle of water. Da da da. And then she's like, oh no 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 no, you do. She said, so what has happened for you over the years? is that all of that natural raw sugar has just, you know, become pure sugar in your system. Mm. And it's not having the healthy effect that you think it is. You know, we think, oh, instead of eating chips, grab a bowl of grapes. Instead of, you know, going to eat something that you know is not right, have an apple. Yeah, but if that's, you know, no carbs and uh, there were meals that, that was almost fruititarian, you know, just kind of like, I'll do an apple, a banana, some grapes, and I'll get the balance. And so um, what ended up happening is Dr. Eileen took me, you know, we went on a fruit fast because she's like, let's see if this is it. So I'm waiting to go back to it next week. But I know that my glucose and all of that went down when I did. When you, so, so it was a matter of you stopping the sugar. The, it was the a matter fruit. of me stopping the fruit. Wow, isn't that something? Right, because here I am thinking I was eating well, but I might not have been eating balanced, you know, especially right. in hot weather. 
I could, you know, I could, all the weight on me, I owned it, I earned it, I paid for it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in the summer, when it, gets, when it gets really hot, I know that there are times I don't want to turn the stove on, I don't feel like eating anything hot. So I could see myself with a, a bowl full of fruit and be like, now I'll do a grapefruit, now I'll do a banana. And so I probably had whole fruit days. And she's like, yeah, that's not going to work in your system. You need some protein in there. There's such things as good carbs. So the, 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 the learning to eat well is learning to eat better with learning to eat balanced. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think the best diet is a balanced diet. And it's hard to get that balance because we all have our favorites. And then in the back of our minds, those messages of fruit is good, this is bad, and this is right. – but too, ma- too much of anything is – Too is, much of anything is bad, is, including fresh fruit. Yeah. Yes. I'm so, a witness to that. Amen. So, so there that goes, you know. Amazing. Oh, you know, you know, it, it's finding the balance. It's getting that bag of of, of spring mixed uh, of, of salad. Grabbing a whole big handful of you got a salad this big. Put a little cheese on it. Put some nuts or something in it. Put your favorite salad dressing on it, but don't swim in it. And then there you go. You get the crunch and the sweet and the cr- and the healthy and the green and the raw and the you know cut up some get a chicken breast, which a lot of times when people uh, uh, end up you know getting those. Um, those uh, rotisserie chickens just cut a piece of the breast off and cut that up and put it in the salad. And then you, now you're happy and satisfied. Mm, exactly. So you said something, you, you kind of browsed over it, brushed over it really quickly. You said something about writing. Are you writing yeah. again? No, so I'm working on, uh, and this is really fuzzy. Um, the universe got jokes because I was working on a book called Self-ish. Get full of yourself without guilt. And it's unpacking the idea that many of us who are the, you know, the doers, the responsible ones, that, that person in our family, in our community, on our job, who's always pouring out other people, often find it uncomfortable to take care of ourselves, self-care, self-worth. We're almost kind of giving out because of something longing in ourselves. And then when we start to stand up in that truth that we deserve better, I desire what I deserve and I deserve what I desire, and doing the work to take better care of us, people can almost kind of assume us out of the way, like, yeah, I know, but come get me. Oh, yeah, I know, but you got the money. Yeah, I know. And so I'm, I'm, I'm packing self-worth, self-image, self-sabotage, self-discovery, self-sufficiency, all of this from the perspective of people trying to tell you, to not, people softly telling you not to take care of you is some self-ish. It's the ish stuff of people trying to get you to put you further down the list so that they can be your priority. You know what I mean? Mm. People who spend your money, people who accommodate for your time, people who assume that you were coming to get them, people who, you know, even even some, even in really healthy, good relationships, sometimes you have to establish new boundaries and new, and new parameters for people, you know, because your friend will come in your house and go through your closet on your way to the club and it's like, wait. I, you didn't come to the house dressed. You just assumed you were going to my closet. You mm, know what I mean? Interesting, yeah. Check in with you again and get full of the idea that, what's, you know, that everything in your priority list needs you at the top of the list. But if they want your A game, you got to bring your sleigh game. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? The sleigh game? You know, y'all need that. Y'all, you know, I need that. You up and taking care of you. Walking out the door and going out to play. I'm ready to go. I, I'm sorry, but I have to hashtag that. That that that's kind of hot. Wow, thank you. Yeah, bring bring the slate. But you bring you know what? 
you you've always no, no, been no, a master no, 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 of no, no, like you know how I do. Let me do it real quick if you're gonna do that. Uh 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 uh. uh I gotta. Do. It's gotta be like self love and yeah. Like I'm trying to get. I'm trying to do an acronym. Self love. What's the A for? I'll pick it up before we finish. Yes, yes, yes. That would be fun. I'll figure that out. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, you're playing Simply Living as You. Ooh, dang. You know what? You are just like the master of the linguistics. <laughs> Simply, living. Simply Living as You Slay. They don't like it? Let them go. I ain't doing too much. I'm simply living as I'm simply living as simply living as you. And it's funny. And that's your slay when you game. You say to somebody else, it's simply living as you slay. And when you say it about yourself, you say I'm simply living as me. It's a slam. Slam. Oh. Hello. What? Um, can I can I tell y'all that this <laughs> man with the English with the with the English language just beats it all up and just. I mean, give him a challenge, why don't you? You know. The Lord, I put you. I parked you in the right in the right spot. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, you, your love of words. Let's talk about that. So, I, 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 I have often started speeches at colleges. You know, corporations, anybody that plays up and asks to speak. Um, I've often started with I was born a fat black asthmatic gay nerd in the project of Southwest DC. And somebody even asked me once, they were like, even after, you know, you look up there and it's plaques and stuff. They're like, why do you still say that? I said, because otherwise, dress well and speaking well, people assume my story this way. So I got to take you this way and see you, show you how we got here. And, you know, the beauty of that little nerd boy who found a dictionary in the trash one day, in the, how, how that little uh, Merriam Webster dictionary got in the, uh, the trash in the project, I still don't know. But, and using words like recalcitrant and obsequious at 10, and that, that, you know, I remember saying, my mother said one time when I told my brother they were being so recalcitrant, she said, I don't know what that means, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, she to, and I know what she was doing. She's like, come back down. I get what you're doing, young man. Uh-huh. You know, talk to your brothers over the head. And so, hey, Queen Wendy. Um, and so it became just this dance of, you know, discovering how important words were. I know how the, uh, why the cage bird sings and, and, and Othello and just realizing that words put together made books and books changed lives. And so um, that was already who I was. And words had that big, lofty kind of uh, uh, importance. And then along came Natalie Cole, you know, yes. and, and she showed up on a TV show and Merv, uh, Merv Griffin asked her when she, uh, Mike Douglas, Mike Douglas, forgive me, I wouldn't say Merv Griffin, Mike Douglas, um, who used to host a show out of Philly. Mike Douglas asked her when she started singing, and she said, I started singing my junior year of college. And I was like, wait a minute, black people can't quit. What is college? How do black people go there? I knew what I heard. I heard it on a TV show or something, but it wasn't any more of us. And so it was that. And then he asked her about her new project. After he asked her about her father, she said, my new album is called Inseparable. I was like, what? So she's already sung, this will be sounding like church. Then she talked about going to college. And then she uses a word that literally starts to crack the crevices of my skull. It's like, what? <laughs> like that emoji. It's like, you know, it's like that gif. And it's like, ah. I was like, what did she say? Inseparable. You know, if you're old enough, 
to have gone to the old school of, of, of education in order to incorporate a new word into your vocabulary. You had to spell it, define it, and use it in a sentence. So here's the album cover telling me it's I-N-S-E-P-A-R-A-B-L-E. Spell it, you know, define it. So I pull out my dictionary, you know, two people that think bound together in an internal bond, never separated. Oh, my God. Okay. But how do you use it in a sentence? Dun, 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 dun. Bum, bum. Separable. And my skull exploded. Yeah. We're like a flower to a tree, like words to a melody of love. There's no way we could break up. No words that could make us blow our thing. Because we're just boom, 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 boom. Inseparable. So between inseparable and rectified, which is if this will be, I'm so glad that he found me in time. I'm so glad that he rectified my mind. I was like, what does that mean? By the time she went off television, I was in love with Natalie Cole, who gave me permission to be okay being in love with words. I didn't have to be in love with old books. I didn't have to, you know, go around to my friends and say, I read Shakespeare. I read Maya Angelou. I have all the volumes of James Baldwin's work. You know what I mean? Because that's what I... That's the way I read all, I would sit around and read dictionaries, and read, or, or read, read, read the Britannic Encyclopedia. That's how I thought I, I lived in that gym before Natalie changed strong. And then it could show up in three-minute songs. Then it could show up in a word placed in a sentence, just the right way to make you go, oh, and so when Stevie said, I'll be loving you until the day becomes the night and night the day, until the seeds and trees just up and fly away, until the day, time day, time day, this was like, oh my God, this song is full of similar, oh my God, it's full of <laughs> It's full of simile because as is the opening segment for simile, and then Natalie releases, you know, then there's Joey with there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, two porches of sin. I was like, that's metaphors. Oh my gosh. So I was an 11 year old nerd who could explain that nerddom now to people in song. Yes, yes. It's metaphor. It's like Natalie Cole saying, there's no pot of gold. See how she's saying it's like that. It's kind of like that. She says it as, it's similar to this. That's a that simile. And they were like, oh. Wow. That's what, you know, <laughs> all those words were like finding ways to make hy- hyperbole or, or nomenclature. You know, these words that, that were big in the classroom, just make them, you know, who it approved. How, you know, how do you get that so that your friends understand it? Because it didn't feel like it was good to have this fun relationship with words. Friends didn't get it, you know? Exactly. And so it was about taking my fifth grade lesson and teaching it to my third and first grade brother. Like, I'm going to make sure they get it because we all smart and I don't have to feel crazy about being smart by myself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think um, you kind of made it cool to be a nerd, but. <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I hope what I did, you know, just, you know, I thought about the nerd. I fought, And people don't understand that in the hood, I fought so much more about being a nerd or being fat than I did about being gay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, fat was, <laughs> you know, man and you. But, you know, and then the nerd was, you know, people want to meet you outside when you mess up the curve. Exactly. You you spoke about a very, very important relationship or, or what started out as fandom and became a relationship. Oh, let me help you out. There you go. Oh, bam! <laughs> <laughs> Let you see that, that she is literally right here beside me while I write. Let me let me help She's you. She's here. My mama's here. Bishop mm-hmm. yeah. And then over there's a picture of my mama and Natalie together. So. You know, you know, I was ready for you. 
I, I know you. I know you. So yeah. So I mean, Jason, you know, I, I, when I talk to people about like, get, like tomorrow, my 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 sermon tomorrow is infinity and beyond because it's like the idea that we you know we believe that we want more, we expect more, we hope more. Where we are, wherever we are in our faith, somebody just wrote. Somebody just posted a quote that I said years ago. You know, God's not going to give you a lot if you are miserable with a little, you know? Mm. And I'm just trying to get us, black folks, us LGBT folks who have been broken and bruised and talked about Canada joint, to believe that there's a reason you're here. And what is the thing that you called to do? What is the thing you want to do? And what would you do if you weren't afraid of other people's response to you, right? And so mm. that little boy who saw Natalie Cole that day, after that, you know, there were times when I thought, I, I knew. I think I realized early on, you know, though there was nobody on night, uh, afternoon, or late night TV that looked like me. I used to sit on the couch when my brothers would come in and say, "Kevin, you can't come outside today because my asthma allergies were so bad that it DC's humidity on the wrong day, I could go outside and sneeze within a for a week because it would induce that level of asthma attack." Um, and so I would be in the house. Uh, interviewing on my on my mama's couch, you know, be like, welcome to the show, everybody, because I just <laughs> love the idea of being able to say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Natalie Cole, and she would sit down, because I knew so much about her, I could talk to her, so just as I learned about people, I would interview them, because I knew what the answers were, um, and so I even had a time, I don't know if I ever told you this, I had a time where I had a dream about Natalie Cole, I had a dream about, at about 12 or 13, that she, huh, this is funny, that she had had a child early on, like in college or something, out of wedlock, and Nat King Cole gave that child to his number one fan to raise it because Natalie Cole. And now that she was well and on her own, she came to get that child, and that child was me. Wow. And I remember not seeing her face, but I was a little boy just wrapped around her waist, and I remember the floral skirt she had on was the same one she had on in this picture in the Ebony magazine at the Apollo. Then I got up almost kind of laughing because I'm like, you know, I didn't want to not, not my mama to not be my mama because she was my mama. You know what I mean? I love it. Um, but I said, Mama, I got your number book, and I worked out Natalie Cole's name, and the number is 707. She's like, you, I said, I dreamt about it. She said, you probably dream about that every day. And that night, when the number came out, it was 707. My mom was like, ooh, baby. Wow, look at that. Hey, King Walt. My mom was like, baby, next time you dream about her, you should let me know. And I was like, I just told you, I don't do it all the time. And so all of that was all of that. That's how deeply ensconced she is in my life. Yeah, but you know what you did tell me? What? <laughs> what did you have them calling you in school? Oh. <laughs> so for like six weeks, I think that's another one. The teacher would be like, Kevin, if you know when she did the call him, it's Kevin. Kevin Taylor. Kevin Edward Taylor. You know, because you get your whole name, it's supposed to shake you. The whole government. Yeah. Kevin Edward Taylor. Joey. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Your nickname is Chuck. No, it ain't. It's Joe. I'm just so, And again, it's because that song blew my mind. So you can't even imagine the picture you just showed. Show people the picture again. So imagine, um, fast forward to the 29-year-old, 28. I was 28 when I did that interview. Um, but who, me who gets to, to be at BET, Black Entertainment Television, and my boss says, you're going to do this interview with Natalie Cohen. I'm like, wait. What? I put on, look, look at that. Look at that. You don't get what I got on gold hoops, 
those are pet earrings. That probably were my mama's attached to the clip of the collar. That was my brother's bell sleeve shirt. Uh, I got another pair of, uh, uh, you know, nice tote pants that my brother gave me the belt, which has a tiger, I mean, which has like a cheetah print, I think, in the middle. And then Natalie walked in in that little cute outfit, and that top was leather. And then she's like, look at you. Look at how cute both of us are. Who's another? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and this is the time. So imagine, imagine this face, everybody. This is the woman who said to me when she said, oh, my God, you look beautiful. She said, so who's doing the interview? And I said, me. And I think she thought that BET was just letting her number one fan, who now worked there, just come and sit in the interview. And when I said me, she said, oh, hell no. And I was like, oh, no, there it is. Finally, the little boy, who, the young man, the, the tall man, the gay man, the black man who thought he was too much. And nobody just wanted to say it to my face. Finally, somebody said, nope, you're not good enough. And I thought, oh, and she saw it fall on my face. She's like, no, 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 baby. She said, no, Kevin, no, that's not what I'm saying. Like, you could tell, she saw the rejection. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, you have forgotten more about my career than I'll ever remember. I was like, it's okay, Natalie. I'll walk you through your career. She's like, did y'all hear what he said talking to her, <laughs> her glam squad? Did y'all hear what he just said? He's going to walk me through my What she didn't know is in the other room, because she came makeup ready, so they were just over there and they needed to touch her up. In the other room laid out on this circular table at the Sheridan Peninsula was just a microcosm of my Natalie Cole collection. So while we were talking, they were going through stuff. Oh, girl, ooh, girl. You know what I mean? This is 93, and I got jets from 1975. You know, and they were yeah. like, oh, girl, you got... So every time that, like, we would have to take a break, they would hold up something and say something crazy. Oh, look at this apple, girl. You know what I mean? And she was like, oh, shut up, y'all, you shut up. So <laughs> she walked over to the table and tried to steal my first... Uh, she tried to steal my jet magazine. And I said, look, I love you, Natalie Cole, but I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to hurt you up in this place. Let's not do that. And so it was just a funny thing. She was going through stuff because, I mean, literally, I had like stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of just, you know, promo pictures. She's like, did you have a, did you get every picture that they ever want? I probably got every single picture from every promotional opportunity that you did. And I had an account at Positive Cosmetics. So every time, a new product came out. I got, and so she was just I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And the next time I saw her, I was, it comes name dropping, so if people talk about me, they're going to talk about me. I was Nancy Wilson's assistant for a weekend for the uh, Levine School of Music gala she was doing for Bob Johnson. And her assistant, Ed, uh, Ed Roebuck, who I honor to this day, could do, just a good, great man, um, couldn't come from California to, to, to D.C. to join us. So they called me literally, like, it felt like it was like Friday, like right before work was over, thinking you going out with your friends, and they're like, nope, uh, and Nancy Wilson's here for the weekend, and uh, we need you to be with it because you do diva. So <laughs> send her to come to your house so you can go to the airport to get her to take her to the Mayflower. And I got to spend the weekend with Nancy Wilson, and Saturday night, Mr. Johnson had, uh, no, that was Friday night. Friday, that night, Mr. Johnson had a, uh, a reception at his home for Miss Wilson, and Natalie was in town with her with her then husband, who was getting an award from the International Association of African American Musicians. Mm. And so I'm standing with I'm standing here, Miss Wilson is here, and somebody covers my eyes, and, I'm, and that's what she said. I turn around, and it's Natalie Cole, and I'm like, oh my god! She's like, I didn't know you'd be here. I'm like, how did you recognize me from my mind? And so she hugs and kisses me, and then while still holding on to me, she reaches over and to hug again Nancy Wilson. It's like I'm onto her, but she didn't let me go. 
So I'm caught between them. I'm like, I'm the meat on the nasty moment. That, that is an amazing sandwich right there. How is this happening? <laughs> How is this? And that is the night that I saw Natalie when she told me, sign a book deal and she was going to need me. And that picture that's in that book was the picture that the picture they took that night at the party when she told me she needed me for a book is the picture that she put in the book. Wow, look at that. Look at that. Now, since, we, since we're talking about your diva friends and experiences, let's talk about the night you were in the, at a concert and screamed out something and there was a woman on stage who we all love with the legs and she heard you over everybody. Oh. Because uh, okay. you're so my pastor. Funny. This was funny. When you say screamed out on stage, I've got, unfortunately, so many examples of me screaming out. I was like, which one? Is this? Okay, I'll tell you another one after this. So I got the opportunity to, um, I was doing a show called Lyrically Speaking for BET. So Natalie, this interview with Natalie was for a show I got to create called Lyrically Speaking. After Natalie came with the Vandross, after Lisa Vandross, I was prepared to get then Anita Baker, then Lena Hall. Then Patty LaBelle, nope, then Stevie Wonder, then Patty LaBelle. And then uh, we got uh, me and uh, myself and Bernard Dickerson, now uh, Bernard Dickerson Hutchclaw, uh, Hulksclaw, who was my executive producer. We flew to uh, Bremen, Germany to see Tina Turner in concert. And it's funny, I, 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 I said to people, um, you know, I never heard of Bremen, and I've been in Europe before. You know, you've heard of Munich, and you've heard, you know, Frankfurt, a couple of other places in Germany, but I never heard of. So I was like, it seems like a small town, and we were out, we went across the street from our hotel to the mall, and not that many people were there, and I was like, hey, I thought Tina Turner was the bomb in Europe, I mean, she might not be as big in, in America, to, you know, but I thought in Europe, she was everything, and so we went back and took whatever, I think I probably bought an outfit or something, way to the country. and then we get in the car to go to the show, which is at a football stadium. So everybody I didn't see in town was at the so it must have been prepared for Tina Turner Day because everybody was there, right? You know what I mean? And yeah. you, just don't even, you know, anybody that lives, I mean, you've got to not just be in cities, but you've got to live near an RFK Stadium in D.C. or a, a, a Yankee Stadium in New York. you got to live near the stadium to know what it's like to see that many people approaching a place at one time. You gotta live near MetLife, you know what I mean? Because when you go there, it's one thing, but to just to, to see it happening, you're either in it or driving by it, you know what I mean? And so we see all these people going to the drove, and then they take us backstage to meet her, and I'm like, what is happening? What is happening? What is happening? And I remember how cool it was that Kenny Moore, her uh, uh, the gentleman who was on piano for her, who was because we myself and Vernon were there for BET. And Lynn, uh, Lynn Norman was there doing the cover story for Ebony. I mean, Ebony. So Ebony and BET were there. So he felt like, he's like, oh, my God, Ebony and BET? Not Sabatina, you man. You know what I mean? He was just like, got like, we got to get it in tonight. You know what I mean? He was just, and so, um, you know, then she came to me like this, and I was like, what you, what, hello, darling. I was like, what do you do with hands like that? And then what she did, you know, you grab, you grab her hands like that, and then she pulls you to, hello, darling. So enjoy yourself tonight. I was like, you know, have fun, you know. And she was doing her own makeup, and they took us to this, uh, it's, it's, it's an open stadium show, right? So it's a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, festival style. So the football field is covered with people. 
and some people are up here too. It's just packed. Um, and then she says, we're going to do something for you now in the middle of the show uh, that we rarely do on things. We're going to sit down and sing for you. I was like, okay, okay, this is cool. And she does uh, Undercover Agent for the Blues, Steamy Windows, I Can't Stand the Rain, and Help. Just kind of real stripped down, uh, uh, unplugged, and oh, it was good, good bluesy, soulful thing. But what I didn't expect was for how, how, how insanely good Help from the Beatles was, but I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed to But people, when I was younger, so much younger than today, that's how the song goes, it's very upbeat. And Tina and, and, and Kenny uh, Moore on piano, when I was younger. And I was like, what is happening? She took this thing, church, help me if you can. And then, and then she does this thing at the end, which, you know, the one of them church runs, uh, that's something I you know, just losing my mind. And then, you know, that, uh, the next, uh, that evening, that evening, we flew to, nope, not the table. Nope, the next morning, we flew early. That's why it's so short. So these short flights, we flew from uh, Germany to Denmark, you know, to Copenhagen. It was probably like New York to D.C. It was probably. So we got dressed and, you know, she... Uh, uh, came into the room to do our interview. And I remember um, I was there early and we did all the setup. Um, and then I didn't like what I had on. I was like, I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to run and put my Tina Turner shirt on from last night. So I ran up and I promise you, I clocked it. I was like up and back in 51 seconds. Like, okay, I threw the shirt off while I was running things, shirt, put the shirt on, threw the, uh, my little covering on as I ran back downstairs. When I got back down, she was already there. Um, and then she said, uh, hello, darling. I said, how are you, Miss Tina? She said, did you yourself last night? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I know. I heard you. And I was like, I'm sorry. There were 70,000 people in a stadium. There's no way you heard me. I was like, and then she said, well, I was thinking help. You said, sing that song, bitch. What's up, Miss Turner? I'm so sorry. She said, no, no, no. You reminded me of Netflix. I like it. <laughs> I hear your voice the whole time. I said, I'm so sorry. How was that possible? Well, where they put me and Berna and Lynn was the audio shell. Mm. With, with the audio team was. And so the shell apparently acted as an echo chamber. Wow. So every time I screamed, she heard me extra loud. Amazing. And, and that, that it, Tina Turner changed my life because of the fact Black Athletic gay nerd from the project, I always felt odd. I always felt like, you know, there's always a different eye on me, both one week or another. And at, some, at one point, I, I remember telling you the story. I told her, she was trying to, we were talking about her song, uh, Let's Stay Together, her, re- her remake of the Al Green song. She couldn't remember who the DJ was in America who started playing it. She said, DJ in New York. I can't remember his name right now. And you could just see in her eyes, especially that night before when Kenny Moore was so happy that black media was there to cover Tina. I could tell how important it was that she say this black man by name. And for whatever reason, it just happened to her. She couldn't remember his name. And I remember thinking, oh, I just, it was so quick, Jason. It was so quick. It was like, she was like, and I can't remember his name. So she looked at me. I can't remember his name right now. It was that fast. And in that fast, God said, you know who that is, nerd. Give it to her. And I was just kind of like, oh. and I said, give it to her. And I was like, oh, don't say it. Up. So when she came, bop, 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 I, Frankie, 
Frankie Conk, like, yeah, she hasn't done it. She said it was quite handsome. I said he still is. You know what I mean? And just to be able to be free enough to say that. And she went on with the story, and da da da. Oh yes, and da 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 da. How it took off, and all these other things respectively. Around. We basically helped her secure a record deal with Capitol Records. And Wonderful. then when we, at the, at the time, we used to do uh, interviews on the tape, and so we had to change the tape. Wow. She looked at the time I came. <laughs> the difference it just didn't come at the question in the same way. So it, it, it shook me, right? And so she kissed me, and when she's leaving, she goes to the other room because she's got a, the interview to do with Lynn. And then I'm like, you know, Verna, like, she's like, Kathy, you do realize why she said that. I was like, no, no, no. And she said, because most other journalists would have taken this as the opportunity to say, ha, I've researched you, here's the name. And we did, we gave it back to her. Mm-hmm. That was why I said, give it to her. She's like, but well, most people's ego would have stepped in I walked out of the hotel intercontinental in downtown Copenhagen, Denmark, and ugly cried walking down the street. I don't even know if people saw me on that Sunday morning, what it must have looked like. Because I was like holding onto the wall crying so hard because now I made sense. Because Tina Turner said, you're different. I like it. That's not, beautiful. Not some, you know what I mean? It wasn't a little pat on the head. And I remember when we started, you know, before, but I was liking that. Like, this is Tina Turner. She's been interviewed by a million people. God, you know, God kind of gave me these kind of directives on how to how to move in it. So to hear that voice to say, give it to her, and realize that's what it meant. When I got out there, I think I walked for like a half an hour. And there was two or three points where I had to sit down because like every ugly thing that I ever heard it said to me or about me or that ever came from me. Hello, somebody. Uh-huh. Coughed up. It, it regurgitated out. It just, I'm so, you know, Tina rectified my mind. Well, I want to ask about one more picture right quick. Okay. And then Uh-oh. and then we're going to we're going to move on to something, but I have to address this. Ah, of course, of course. Okay, okay. Okay. Do tell. So this is this is Chaka Khan in the uh in the green room at BET. She had come to do video soul during no, she come to do video soul. She come to do video soul and this was after we had already done Devo Week. She was there for Devo Week. This time she was, um, what was it? What was out in like '95? Jay Strong, because she spent the whole day there. Rolling Stone came to BET to interview her there. And it we could have been lunch. when the Epiphany album came. That's out. it. It's Epiphany. It's Epiphany. I was, like, I was one of my favorite words. I was like, listen, yeah, it's the Epiphany album. She was there so long that other media came to us. She's like, I'm going to be at BET all day. Come here. So she made the white journalist from Rolling Stone, the white journalist from the Washington Post and the New York Times, all came to BET. And I remember, I remember at one point, you know, she was just in it. You know, that's what it was. It was so great to be at BET. Because after a while, they got in it. You might be at your desk upstairs, not on the studio level. And some, some artists might have decided they wanted to walk through the tour. So you might turn around and, oh, my God, who was telling us, what are they doing at my desk? Because they just wanted to walk around. But Janet Jackson came. She wanted to meet the entire company, completely ladies to executives. Um, and so Chaka was just there hanging and, at one point, we were like, oh, I'm hungry. And somebody said, oh, I'm going to Muskogee to get, you know, to get a whiting dinner. Maybe one of them. Bring me one of them. I want three pieces. How many come in? Three pieces. The green's good. Now, they're good now. I ain't going to want no mush greens. I mean, she was like that. Don't bring me no mush. It's not, they're good. 
What else we got? Potato salad. Is potato salad good? Is it sweet good? Or does it have a little like that? Like, no, it's chocolate. It's sweet good. Well, I want the yams, too. You get the yams. And if I don't like potato salad, we'll sweet. I mean, she was that familiar. <laughs> she was so familiar that when the Rolling Stone uh, journalist came into the green room, she, she was in the middle of eating a lot. She's like, come on in. But don't you write nothing about my pussy salad like this. Like, oh, what? Who was that? Yo, <laughs> thank you. Thank it was you. so funny because we all screamed and he was looking like, okay, it's a joke I'm missing. I know it is. Uh-huh. But and he just went on in the room and she closed the door like it was to her house. You know what I mean? Like she was so hot and you don't get to come in the room unless she invites you. But she was just, she was there all day and she walked around and was just snapping pictures with people. And so we ended up having um, Augie Osborne, who was our, uh, who was our resident photographer at PET. Wonderful. Snapping pictures, you know. So I now. My hair is so curly, it's so cute. But she played in my, she was like, I like your hair. And I was like, it's a texturizer. It's so through. Pop says, yes, those yes. were the days, Kevin, with you and Stephen Hill and my girl, Penny Mac. And Ulysses, you know this. Penny Mac is the woman who, so Penny Mac and I have a, 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 a really deep relationship because Penny Mac is the person most deeply involved um, in my 18-day uh, Aaliyah 9 Penny uh, is, of course, the one who, you know, I, I created Access Granted for BET. She was the one, you know, I'm, I'm in Miami. Gina Smith, God rest her soul, who was with Aaliyah, asked me to change my flight arrangement so I wasn't on the flight with Aaliyah. And we did that in Miami. So it wasn't the last minute thing. We changed it in Miami. Then we go to Bahamas. And then I kind of, the second day of the shoot, third day of the shoot, got everybody onto the catamaran. There was no way for my crew to get out to the catamaran anyway. So we're like, well, just get some passion shots, and then we'll use footage from the B-roll of the video. And then we'll leave. That's myself and my two-man crew, uh, and I think a few other people who just happened to be on the island. Um, and we landed in Miami, and we'd go on a really small plane, so I just remember how, how uncomfortable it felt to not be able to stand all the way up, you know what I mean, because I'm six feet. And this woman across the way who held my hand while I was just freaking out. So we landed in Miami and get on a real, you know, jet and fly to Baltimore. And then when I get to Baltimore, two of my deacons from church met me because I was preaching at Bishop Harris Donaldson's church in Baltimore. Um, and we went to dinner, and then when I got we got back from dinner, our phone rang, and it was Penny Mac. And she was like, oh, you're okay. And I was like, yeah, like, why wouldn't it be, you know? And then she said, uh, I'm tr-, and she just tried not to tell me because, you know, this wasn't something you heard. I just left it here, you know? And then, um, so I'm going to call you back. And then Diane Blankenstein, who was the kind of independent labor rep, lib rep called me, and she was like, hey, so you're okay? And I'm like, yes. And she said, What's going on? And she said, you're sure. And then she said, when did you leave the island? I said, just this afternoon. She said, so she's thinking, you just left. And so she's like, uh, uh, I don't know, which probably some foolishness. And Penny called back and said, so there's news reports that, you know, the team you were just with. So she didn't have any names. The team you were just with was in a plane crash. And I was like, plane crash. And, like, and my phone rang and it was my mother. But it wasn't my mother. So somebody, you know, my mother's partner, John, said, what, you know, don't take away your mother. I was like, why would John call me for my mother? And my mother said, David, hmm. said, that girl you were just with, they did a plane crash. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. Impossible, because I was just with them. This footage in my bag that I had to keep separate so I could, is Aaliyah. And, you know, and then, you know, you know, that depression thing, that, oh, my God, I don't know what's happening thing, kicked in and kind of, I laid down, just taking that because it was so overwhelming. One of the deacons tapped me and woke me up. And I said, 
in the heart. Um, then I preached in Baltimore the next day, case of emergency break glass, I still remember. Um, and then as I was walking to the car, Penny called me again. And this time she read the list because people, you know, people forget that in these momentous moments, these uh, momentous tragedies, they always think, Aaliyah, you know, that's who died. But Penny was like, so it was Aaliyah and Christopher Maldonado, which is when I fell into the street because Christopher was his friend, right? And then Anthony died. Eric Foreman, Gina Smith. Oh, God, Gina wrote my hit. Oh, my God, my, my change of my dinner is written by Gina. You know, Scott Gallen, uh, Keith Wallace, and then Douglas Krantz, who was the nervous, tall, white dude from the label, who just kept telling I was like, calm down, because you're really great shoes. You got the bunch of stuff. So each of these was faces flashing in front of me. So that trip back to, uh, back home was exacerbated by the fact that the network was like, so, hi, Kevin. You have to get back home and get back home now because you have the footage that the world talking about. Oh, 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 crap. And so it took forever, forever. That, that, you know, Baltimore to New York, it's, even on a bad day, it's like three or four hours. This was, God dog it. it I didn't get back till after midnight, and we left at like five. Because it was just call, call, call. And then I ran into the studio, 106 apart, to try to, hey, okay, here, here's the footage. And um, Stephen Hill was there. Oh, no, it was, it was Penny. And they probably were both there. And Penny was like, Kevin? No, she didn't make it. You have to stay here tonight at EDL. Like, you know, edit, you know, do the EDL, which is the editing decision. But, you know, literally a, produ- a, 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 a production assistant, Jay Strong, was assigned to me to rub my back and wipe my nose while I was gone. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a shot, you know, there's you know, a shot of Aaliyah and Christopher and Eric in the pool acting so silly, you know. Oh, this is going to be great in the in the special, but now it's got to be beautiful on the news show, too. And then, you know, uh, Barry Hankerson who's involved in this thing now that's going on with her state. I remember his one request. He said, Kevin, I knew you had a shot. A shot that includes everybody in this guy. I was like, I wouldn't have that shot because I wasn't even conscious of it. But the last shot that I got walking everybody onto the boat was Aaliyah, Eric, Chris, Anthony. I was like, oh, crap. Oh, 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 oh. Literally, if you freeze the shot, there was a shot with everybody but Dustin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And Penny played a special mm-hmm. role in that. And all of that, and that was crazy. There was a funeral and all that. And then trying to take care of me, da-da-da, trying to make sure my brain doesn't snap, da-da-da-da-da. Then Penny... Three weeks, you know, two and a half weeks later, says to me, are you ready to travel again? And I'm trying to figure out how to take care of the stress in me. But I say out loud, of course I am. Nothing happened to me, right? Like, how do I don't get to say I'm not well. Nothing happened to me. So on Monday night, Penny said, I need you to fly out tomorrow. You're going to L.A. to do uh, the, uh, the access credit for DMX's Who We Be. And Jagged Edge had a song called Goodbye. And to get on a plane. I mean, no, so, you know, she said, so prepare to pack, you'll be on a flight, a flight in the morning. Because, you know, you fly to L.A. early, you get there early, right? Um, and so I, I'm on an 846 flight out of Newark. She goes, oh, that, that, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous because you live in Harlem. It would take you longer to get through New York to Newark than it will to get to L.A. So she's like, so let me change that. She gets me out of LaGuardia. We're on this flight. We end up uh, uh, being told halfway into the flight, maybe a third. That they were grounding all American Airlines 
American flights, and we were on American, so we thought they meant American, the airline, until we landed in Kansas City and realized they meant domestic. But they just thought to put planes down, get out the sky. It was like a parking lot, a small parking lot. And then um, while we were in there, somebody says, oh, my God, a plane gets Tower 1. Oh, my God, you know. Then they something like, oh, my God, uh, Pentagon or something, then Tower 2, and we realized, oh, you know what I mean? You realize something. Oh, oh, so you're on a plane. You know, and you know, and I, because they didn't know what else was a target, they thought that people forget that they were worried about Chicago and Dallas, just any tall thing midway. And so they took everything out of the sky. Um, it was Penny Mac who called me in tears because Penny remembered that she had booked me out of Newark. And the flight she put me on originally is the one that hit out. So my, my relationship with Penny is special just because when I got back home eventually, like a week later, you know, I was kind of fighting through crowd fights, just crowded into the city who was not emotional. He kind of grabbed my face and then burst into tears. That's when I realized what had really happened over these last 18 days. Well, now it's time to be 23 years. I had to stay in LA until they would let flights come back into New York or New Jersey. And so by the time I got home, it was really, you know, people called me to check in, are you okay? Are you okay? But because I'm nowhere to be seen, you know, you know, to talk to me. You know, you know how that was, Jay Strong. Uh, you know, cell service was spotty. Just yeah. gave, we try to reach you, and it was spotty. So it was a real mess. And so Penny, uh, Penny McDonald will always hold a real special place. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it it's coming up on twenty years. Twenty years. It's, it's coming up on twenty years, and then all this new stuff that's coming up and and where we are you think about that you think about that like it's it's almost exactly 20 years and you you look at where we were then a hot ass mess and where we are now an even hotter mess and people don't realize that, that you know like culturally we really do have to remember we were, you know, even people who didn't know her, you know, your mama and your grandmama knew her from a movie or one song or saw her on an award show. Oh, she's so pretty. That she so was pretty. adorable. But when they saw her, they were just really taken by how beautiful she was. So we were still grieving that when 9-11 happened. So yes. we got pummeled, you know. There were some people who didn't get, who, who didn't, for whom the Aaliyah light didn't come on. But the black community, it was, you know, a thousand people across the street from the church. You know, when, when, you know, how many young black girls, you know, name Aaliyah now? Yeah. Aaliyah, you know, who pronounced it Aaliyah, you know? Exactly. And, I have a, I have a great niece, niece named Aaliyah, <laughs> you know. And so to be dealing with this stuff, for this to be coming up in the middle of this pandemic, it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's, yeah. It's a lot. It is. It is. And, you know, we started off talking about wellness and I know for me, being um, a, a New Yorker, I'm born and bred. I've just been in Jersey, you know, for a little over right. a decade. Um, but I'm a I'm a New Yorker, and I was in New York. And and when a, when your hometown, okay, is is bombed, because that's what happened. What happened? It is traumatic. It was the stuff of a movie, right? Right. I, 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 it, I, I'm in the air. I can't even, my best friend David lived in, uh, worked in, Elmwood, lived in Harlem, and he lived in, uh, he worked in Elmwood Park. So he's on the George Washington Bridge, like, what 
Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and let me tell you, a coworker who lives in Jersey, she's like, no, no, come to my house. Do not go back in the city. Yeah, if if the 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 thing was to terrorize people, yeah, I was terrorized. They, they okay, you won because even to this day, I I feel some kind of way going over bridges and tunnels leading back into New York and coming home from New York, you know, because I still travel, you know, back and forth home. It, it it's traumatizing and it and, really is. You and, know, and, Tasha, and how many times have you got? You know, you still got family there. I go in for special events. But how many times are you going into New York and some stupid, you know, special effect moments from a movie revisit? You know, yes. like in the Holland Tunnel, and it's like, no, and I'm praying the whole way to the tunnel, don't blow a wall, don't blow a wall, don't blow a wall, because some stupid movie did that, because it's New York, it's the setting for yes. so many movies about so many terrorist acts and so many marching attacks and so many shifts in the weather that it's like, sometimes it's traumatic going into New York. I'm praying the whole time, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Exactly. Um, you know, I just, I just want to say that what you experienced and, and there's a a thing called survivor's guilt and that stuff is real. It's as real as, as this, as, as this, as, as anything that's tangible, what, what we experience emotionally and spiritually is just as real as any of that. And so I'm so glad that you are in the wellness and so that you I'm so glad to be well nested and well rested. Exactly. And, you know, I, I don't have to tell you anything about ensuring that you are at the top of your um, hug list. Um <laughs> As you can tell, our, our little... Each and every one of y'all, listen, I don't care what you do while you're doing the work of taking, taking care of you, do that. If it's turn on some music and dance in the living room, if it's, walk, if it's walk around your block, if it's turn your phone off, do whatever it takes to make sure you are taking care of you, period. Exactly. Tell everybody how they can follow you, find you, and support you. So find me at IG. If you, Google Kevin E. Taylor. If he's black, he means. Right, there's a Kevin E. Taylor, who's an artist out of San Francisco, but find me. IG, my IG is Kevin E. Taylor. My uh, Twitter is Kevin E. Taylor TM3 because the, the, the artist has that. But if you look for Kevin E. Taylor, you're gonna find me. Let's connect. Let's converse. Or look up the wellness. Is where you can go. Exactly. Go. Buy his books. He's an author, and visit his church online. Unity Fellowship. New Brunswick. No. Did I say New Brunswick? That see, that's subliminal. That's a that, that's I like a self. I, I, I'm sorry. That's sorry, not sorry. Because we were just we were just talking about that just the other day. We were saying, okay, we need Pastor to come on back up this way. Listen. However, Newark is the name of the church. Unity Fellowship Newark. That's what it is today. On today. So <laughs> be sure. I'll be a new, a new Brunswick spot. We can do two services in a day. Wouldn't a that new. be dope? Wouldn't that be dope? Because Boom. you know what? Hey. 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 And you listen. Hey. You listen. I want you to know. Yes, but check out your um, 
your email, something, the, the Christmas fairy, I mean, not the Christmas fairy, the birthday fairy is coming through. So um, I love you. And since I won't be able to see you, I, I, I got to, you know, hook you up in some kind of way. I got to reach out and touch you. Reach out and touch you. Love you. Mwah. Love you too, Pastor. Mwah, mwah. And everybody watching, God bless. And please, please, please stay safe. Be blessed, be well. Be blessed and be well. What's up, y'all? This is Dawn Robinson, formerly of In Vogue and Lucy Pearl, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. My girls! <laughs> I love Mason, you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Perfect. Hey, this is Leon. It's some of your favorite movies that I'm at brunch in the basement with uh, Therese and Javon. Stay here, stay here with me. Stay here, stay here with me. Stay here, stay here with me. Still in the basement, no longer alone With my homegirl Therese on the microphone Music politics are just chatting it up Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up You never know who might run through Legendary artist or someone brand new You miss a lot when you miss one day At least that's what I heard somebody say But it doesn't really matter what whoever says It's always a good show with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Brunch in the basement. With your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. <laughs> One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but, you know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She just. She wasn't even there, actually. But anyway, all I want is though, Jay. Like, y'all got our ears and our stuff. I'm gonna send y'all some. I'll definitely get an address. I'll send y'all some. You can send me some cologne, cause I mean, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I Just in that. case I send me some I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh god. <laughs> okay, doggy man. Whatever you say. <laughs> What's up? So and we thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just gonna keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, just teasing.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.